Come on. Strong, the powerful Andrew Glazier is here on Money Savage Create. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Andrew is the president and CEO at Defy Ventures. They are a nonprofit organization providing entrepreneurship, employment, and character development training to currently and former incarcerated men and women. I'm excited to have you on to learn more about this, Andrew. If you would, tell us a little bit, a little bit more uh, about your work, a little bit about your personal life, and why you do what you do. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So um, as you mentioned, yes, I, I am the CEO and president of The Five Ventures. We're a national nonprofit. Uh, we are operating across um, eight states right now, uh, West Coast, um, middle of the country, uh, and and East Coast. Um, and uh, our goal is to uh, uh, leverage entrepreneurship uh, in the service of uh changing lives and reducing the recidivism rate, which is that kind of return to prison rate uh, for people who are currently formally incarcerated. And really, ultimately, it's about giving people um, a shot at a second chance um, or a fair chance when they finish their sentence and come home. Um, so they have an opportunity to really uh, lead productive, fulfilling lives uh, after incarceration. Nice. And how, how, how did you get involved with that in the first place? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, my life has never really gone down a straight line path. Uh, I think typically I try to be open to what, what the universe has to offer along the way. So if you had asked me uh, 15 years ago, if this is what I'd be doing now, uh, I probably would have said you're crazy, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I spent a lot of my time in, uh, working in public education with a, uh, break in the middle to go to business school and, um, uh, and then I spent some time in uh, private sector in a kind of entrepreneurial real estate company, um, which was 2006, 2008. So during that time, I actually ended up running a construction site for about two years while we rode the recession into the toilet. And, um, uh, you know, managing a construction site, I learned a few things. One is I, I learned what it meant to actually manage people. Um, but I also met people with criminal histories that I knew of. And just learned about some of the challenges that people face when they return home uh, with a violent felony um, on their background, and and just the lack of opportunities. That was back in the 2006. At that point, I think criminal justice reform was really was very early on in that. So I kind of put that in the back of my mind, um, but always thought about this idea of reentry and how difficult that seemed, um, and how little there was out there to help people. And then I went back and worked in, in a uh, in public education again, doing work uh, in high impact schools in Los Angeles uh, related to uh, dropout prevention. Uh, after about eight years doing that, then looking for my next adventure, um, and uh, Defy came along, and it made sense to me as sort of this marrying of working in an educational program, uh, entrepreneurship, and also reentry and. Uh, Four years later, almost uh, here I am. Nice. So, when when you're looking at that problem, um, obviously there's so many different aspects of it. You are need to skill build, probably. Well, I, I don't know why I'm trying to guess. What <laughs> what are the major problems that that uh, that 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 you're really trying to address? 
Yeah. So, well, so our program, uh, we have both in-prison programming and then we have programming once people come home uh, and what we call post-release programming. Um, The in-prison program is what we call CEO of your new life. And uh, it is equal parts entrepreneurship um, and entrepreneurship skill building, uh, career readiness and skills associated with being ready for careers that would be like resumes, personal statements, uh, business etiquette, um, and then personal development, which gets into um, you know, taking accountability, making meaningful apology, um, understanding yourself better, setting goals for the future. But fundamentally, it's about restoring humanity. And you know, one of the biggest issues um, with our prison system is that you know, rather than a loss of freedom being the punishment, loss of humanity becomes the punishment. And so we try to address that by restoring humanity and empathy and self-worth along with giving people the skills that we think they are going to help them be successful when they return. But I will tell you, you can give somebody all the skills in the world. You can teach them any number of vocational skills or college, whatever you want, all day long. If, if an individual comes out of prison and they do not feel a sense of their own humanity and self-worth, they will return to prison. I mean, odds are, right? And that is borne out. And that's why you see that return to prison rate, that recidivism rate, at 50 to 70% of people who come home from prison go back. And you know what I firmly believe and is embedded deeply in the philosophy of our program is uh, it has a lot to do with people coming out of prison angrier and feeling less worth than when they went in. And that is a re- recipe for disaster for an individual at a human level and an economic level, no matter how you want to think about it. So we really try to address that um, with this program that is both uh, a curriculum that is led by an instructor as well as bringing in groups of people as volunteers from the business community. And that's an important piece of, us, of, what, we're, of what we're trying to do as well, which is that, yes, our program does do a lot of service for individuals uh, to help them transform their lives. But it's also about changing perceptions among the business community. Because what we know is that if the business community is not part of the solution, and by part of the solution, what I mean is if they will not hire people with criminal histories, we will never solve the problem of mass incarceration. Because one of the biggest uh, factors that result in somebody going back to prison is a lack of a job. So we want to hit that from two, two sides. We want to hit that from... Hey, how do we help prepare people for their return home, give them a humanity and self-worth back and some skills that will help them get and keep a job? And how do we, on the other side, build a group of businesses who are enlightened and progressive about how they employ people and are willing to take a look at their employment practices to give individuals with criminal histories a fair chance to be successful? That, that 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 makes total sense. That you want to address it from all sides and 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 work to address the entire system and not just not just one part of it. Uh, it's probably impossible to know um, what people's self worth was that caused them to commit the crime that they committed. Um, do you have thoughts on that? So probably going in, their their self worth and their humanity maybe wasn't as high, um, but then being in prison obviously 
that's that's really the punishment is 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 is, is losing that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, I think it varies pretty dramatically. Everybody's different, but um, you know, people. We are hum- We are all as humans, right? We're all flawed, right? None of us is perfect. And I think when people come into prison or they work with our defy EITs at any stage, our entrepreneurs in training or EITs, as we call them, um, what they realize is that any of us are capable of making very, very serious mistakes in our life. And in many cases, it's about luck. Um, you know, luck of what zip code you were born in, luck of did you grow up in a way where you had positive role models or, you know, um, you know, or did you just not get caught, right? Sure. Um, and so so what happens before prison, you know, there's lots of different factors there that figure into what gets people into prison. And certainly, you know, individuals who grow up, um, you know, and they are poorly treated as children and, and are led down paths by others, um, you know, or put themselves into circumstances and are a- unable to extract themselves, right? Certainly there's a, there's a lot there. Um, I think for me, for us at, as Defy, what we're all about is, hey, listen, what does what does redemption look like? like whatever the circumstances were that got people there, right? And, um, you know, in, in sort of a social social justice system or in social services, right? There's a whole cycle there, right? And we, we enter that cycle once people are in prison and when, and when they come out right, as, as an organization. Um, but, what I, but what we absolutely believe is that everybody's capable of redemption um, and that how we treat people uh, who are, you know, fundamentally broken, right, when they enter prison, right? We, ha- we have to recognize that all of us are broken at some level and that we can... Um, but, but that taking somebody who's broken and then breaking them further is not the answer. <laughs> right. Um, but how do we actually help them build themselves up and transform that and, uh, you know, deal with whatever trauma they may have had in their past. And, and, and don't get me wrong. That's not to say that there isn't accountability here. There is right. We all make choices for sure. Right. Um, what happens giving somebody a chance to take accountability, to make amends, to find a way through that is as much a part of, of repairing harm uh, as anything. And certainly is far more, far more effective at repairing harm than, um, you know, putting somebody in solitary, locking them away and throwing away the key and reducing them to the status of an animal. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, you you sharing that. In terms of of the organizations that that you're targeting to help to bridge the gap mm-hmm. and to tell, tell me a little bit about, do, do, you, do you have sort of a, a profile organization that, that you've developed or industries? Tell me a little bit about that. For, for like people to like businesses that we want to come into prison with us or that, that you say, okay, these are the characteristics of organizations that we think are going to be 
willing to uh, start to consider or have considered and have opportunities that will be a good fit for people that are graduating from our program. Oh, yeah. Well, so so um, the, the short answer is um, everybody. I mean, here's the, here's the thing about this is um, uh, people who are in prison, uh, in, from certainly from my experience, are often far more entrepreneurial and resilient and, and, and have perseverance and optimism and all these character strengths that are just as untapped potential. And, um, you know, the, 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 the question becomes, do they have a specific skill set for a specific kind of job, right? Certainly not everybody coming out of prison, um, you know, well, the vast majority of people coming out of prison, uh, you know, are, are not, you know, graduate degrees or even frankly college college graduates right um uh, but that being said they do have a lot of innate skills that help them um in, in a lot of different ways and some of them do have gained skills like computer coding uh through other programs or um you know they, they may have gained you know food skills or things like that right where we tend to see people get jobs is industries that are um food uh, service-based industries, uh, manufacturing, um, like trades, uh, th- those are often good fits for people coming out. But then there are also a lot of people come out with like sales experience or, um, you know, they may be highly skilled in, in, uh, you know, manufacturing or, uh, you know, any number of other things. Um, it's, uh, I think when they're given a chance, a true fair chance means you're giving them an opportunity to come in, to learn, and to frankly grow in the organization. Um, it, uh, you know, the, the uh, hospitality can be a place where people can go. Um, uh, really, there's any number of opportunities where there's entry level stuff that happens, entry level opportunities for people. Um, it, it, it is a shame when somebody looks at the population, though, and says, well, you'll never amount to anything more than just this entry level. I think we're trying to get people to think of this as like, look, this is not just good for that individual. It's good for your business, right? This is somebody who is going to appreciate being given a shot. They're going to be bringing in skills um, and, uh, and you know, creativity, and, um, and they're going to persevere and really try to, try to do well. And, and they're going to be loyal. And there's plenty of studies out there that show that people who are formerly incarcerated, when they get, you know, when they give an opportunity, they tend to turn over less and perform well. Um, so, you know, I, I think um, anybody out there who's trying to hire a lot of people would do well to be thinking about what their policies are on people who have criminal histories. Um, because they're, they are eliminating a talent pool out there that um that's big and has a lot of talent in it and that's i think something we try to show people and so when we bring folks in the business community into prison with us they all you know typically they will walk out thinking i just assumed that people inside were x y and z you know usually that's like we're gonna be like you know low skilled and poorly spoken and not very smart (laughs) right and that's just not the case uh it's the opposite of that Got it. I don't have really any sense of what that, what those numbers are. Are people that that are 
coming out of prison on can, can you just kind of break that down for me well, so in California alone, which is where I am right now, right, we have over 100,000 people incarcerated on any given day. Um, well, the state system alone, it's probably around 100,000, and then you add in all the, all the federal and the jail. So it's, you know, as a country, we incarcerate more people than any other developed country, even some, you know, less developed countries. Um, there are more people in this country with criminal history than people with a four-year college degree. Wow. So that's the other thing is like a lot of people don't realize they are hiring people with criminal histories because it's forced into the shadows. It, because, you know, if you found out about it, you might not hire them or you might fire them. Right. And so chances are you've got somebody working for you who's got a criminal history of some kind. Right. Um, so I think that's the other piece of this is like, look, you, you're hiring people with criminal histories, whether you know it or not. And, um, you know, I think as a country, if we can start to just allow that to become less in the shadows and more of a like, hey, listen, people serve their time, right? They paid the price and now they deserve a fair chance when they come out. Because if we're really being intellectually honest with ourselves, what we're saying is if you get a prison term, right, and then you come home and, and we do not believe that that prison term was sufficient for them to pay their you know, to pay the price. And and we believe that no prison term would be sufficient, right? When you're saying, hey, you can't get a job, you can't live this place, and we're not going to give you an opportunity, what we're saying is, sorry, nothing is ever enough. You never can pay enough for this. So we're dooming you to perpetual punishment. Is that who we want to be, right? And, and I get there's an emotion in this and anger and politics and all that stuff, but... It does us no it does us no good as a society to not have a path out of uh, you know, a path of redemption for making after you make a mistake, right? You make the, you make our country less safe, you make our communities less safe. You spend more money um, just from a societal level, right? And at a human level, right? You're doing terrible things to an individual who wants nothing more than to be productive and and contribute. And why why to what end are we doing this? If it's from some place of like satisfying, you know, some sort of primal primal need for revenge, I, I just I'd like to think we can be bigger than that as people. I'd like to think we're better than that. And and how to, and, and that's where sort of empathy and this idea of forgiveness comes in. And and uh, yeah, so that's you know we ask this question, what, what if you were only known for the worst thing you ever did? Right? And, and I encourage your listeners to ask themselves that question. What is the worst thing you've ever done? Think about it. What is that worst thing? Now, what if that was the only thing you were ever known for? Right? What would your life be like? And if you could never achieve forgiveness from that, would you have the success that you have now? Who, who has forgiven you in your life? Right? Or who gave you that second chance? Why are all these other people not deserving? I think that's well said right there. Well, Andrew, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them, sir? Yeah, I, I mean, um, th- that I, that is my difference-making tip, which is what have you been forgiven for in your life? And what are you not forgiving other people for? 
that you could forgive them for that might make a difference in their lives. Right. And, um, and, uh, and how does that impact you and the way that you run your business? If you run a business, right. In sort of really special and important ways, right. If you have HR policies that don't allow you to hire anybody with a criminal history, right. How is this related to this idea of giving second chances, giving fair chances and forgiveness, um, and empathy. Right. And so, I really encourage people to take a hard look and be like, what, what does that say about you, right? What is your, what is holding you back? And how are you going to learn more about that? Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. Yes. Are we giving enough grace? Are we giving people grace at all? Are we giving them the opportunity for a fair second chance and recognizing the risk that we run if we are not doing that, if we're condemning people to live out the worst mistake that they've ever made. Because I certainly know that I would not like to be judged by the worst thing that I've ever done for the rest of my life. And I 100% am sure that everybody listening, unless Mother Teresa yeah. is listening to the show today, Andrew uh, probably feels the same way. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> yeah. And maybe well, even and, her. And, uh... <laughs> That's right. I believe, look, I believe especially her would be the first person to say, yeah. here's how I'm, right? Um, I mean, look, you, you, you're, this is a show that's in, that's in part about, about money. And just to leave you with a, uh, putting this in dollars and cents, right? Right now we spend $80,000 a year to keep an individual incarcerated in California, right? It's somewhere between there and average seven in the 70s across the country. Um, and that's money you're paying whether you want to pay it or not. Because that's your tax dollars at work, right? And think about all the money we could repurpose, whether it's you paying less taxes or that money going into infrastructure or education, whatever, if we were putting fewer people in prison for less time and for less time. And, uh, and think about that because that does impact us all. There's a bottom line there. You know, even if you don't believe in the human aspect, right, which I encourage you to think about the human aspect, but think about the dollars and cents there too, and that's why this this issue cuts across whether you are libertarian or you're progressive, um, doesn't matter, right? There's something in this for everybody to be thinking about a, a, a system that fundamentally isn't serving us. Yeah, well said. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they uh, learn more about Defy Ventures? Yeah, absolutely. Check us out at www.defyventures.org. That's our website, defyventures.org. We've got opportunities to learn about what we're doing. If you live in one of the states or you, uh, frankly, at this point, we're doing a lot of virtual programming, um, but there's opportunities to volunteer and get involved with what we're doing. Um, if you have something you'd like to share or uh, you want to get involved, you can email us at info at defyventures.org. Um, and uh, if, you, if this is something you feel like you, any of your listeners would want to support, um, certainly, we are a nonprofit, and uh, we welcome support and for as volunteers and financial support. And you can find all that there at defyventures.org. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Andrew your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to defyventures.org. Check out all the good that they are doing. Learn more about getting involved. Shoot Andrew an email at info at defyventures.org. Um, and help uh, help start uh, or continue solving this problem. Thanks again, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Good speaking with you. 
And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.